this exhibit at Spooky Kids Club, you get to relive and live in your childhood all over again. If you are a Halloween fan of anything from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, this is the place for you. Coming up, we're visiting the Spooky Kids Club exhibit at Sugarman Gallery in Pasadena. Open now through June 19th, this exhibit focuses on the Halloween-loving child in all of us. We'll hear from the co-creators, two of the artists, some guests, and even get a guided tour to hear about some of the Easter eggs. Welcome to the show. I'm Philip. On the Haunted Attraction Network show, we bring the haunt industry to you every weekday. We have news, on-location coverage, and interviews from haunts around the world. Whether you are a Halloween enthusiast or professional haunter, each episode helps you celebrate the best holiday. If you're new to the show, or if you want to tell your friends about it, our podcast website has categories to help you sort through our over 700 episode catalog. It's also searchable if you're looking for something specific. Just visit haunt.news or search for us in your Spotify app to get started. Okay, back to the Spooky Kids Club exhibit. Let's begin by hearing from the two co-curators, Jeff and Sarah Rose. I am Jeff DePauli, and I am the co-curator of Spooky Kids Club at Sugarman's Gallery. Spooky Kids Club is all about the spooky nostalgia of your childhood, that stuff that like made you a Halloween fan and a horror fan. We all fell in love with it at a young age, so it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. For me, it was Are You Afraid of the Dark? Very much so. A lot of people, Goosebumps, The Munsters, all of that fun stuff being celebrated here as part of Spooky Kids Club. It is May 7th through June 18th, so it's a good long run during normal business hours. We're having tons of special events, though, throughout this, and that's what I'm super excited about, where we're bringing in special guests like DJ McHale, the co-creator of Are You Afraid of the Dark? He's going to come talk about the creation of that show, which was originally called Scary Tales, and uh, he's going to talk about that whole process, and then we're going to watch about four episodes under the stars in the backyard. We're getting the producer of Corpse Bride to come talk about that film, and we're going to watch that. Saturday morning cartoons everybody loves those right so we're going to do like a saturday night cartoon sort of thing where we're watching some of those shows like beetlejuice and such and a lot of special events everything's on the website tell me why you got involved and tell me why we're doing this in the middle of summer well, we're doing this in the middle of summer because we are right next door to the Michael Myers house from the original 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween. So here at Sugarman Gallery, the slogan is where every day is Halloween. So we're always doing something spooky, macabre, dark, whatever. And uh, this show came about because I pitched it to Sarah Rose, the gallery owner. I said, I want to do an Are You Afraid of the Dark show. And she's like, well, I have had this idea for a long time of doing a spooky kids club and we could incorporate that into it. And I was like, done, sold. Like, I love all that stuff and that's how Spooky Kids Club was born. My name is Sarah Rose Orlandini. I'm the owner of Sugar Mint Gallery in South Pasadena, California, next door to the Michael Myers house. This is a bucket list exhibit for me. I named it Spooky Kids Club just because I always said that when I would meet somebody who's also spooky and like watches kid, kid, I will quote kid because when you watch like Coraline or something it's pretty scary for a child. <clears throat> and I never grew out of that. I keep quoting it because whenever, like, I'm, that's just who I am. And I just wanted an, one exhibit with everything that I loved. And when I meet people, like I said, when I meet people, I'll be like, oh, yeah, so you're a part of the Spooky Kids Club, huh? Like, you know. Tell me about the gallery a little bit. Why did you found the gallery? June 1st, 2015 was our opening so we're about to hit seven years and when we opened it was just going to be a regular art gallery it started transforming into something only because i just talk about halloween all the time i love 
the season. I love the movie. I grew up in Pasadena. I've driven by this the Michael Myers house my whole life. After three years of doing one Halloween show and then contemporary art where all I was really looking forward to was the Halloween show, I literally was like, I'm either closing or I'm going into Halloween all the time because it's just, again, what I like to do. It's all I want to talk about. It's all I want to, I just want to decorate for Halloween all the time. In 2018, I decided, I'm like, all right, after the Halloween show, I'm doing a Tim Burton show. And then from there, we started growing and I get to do a ton of fun exhibits and work with really cool people like Jeff DePauly and like, it's so much fun. Talk to me about the interactives at this exhibit. Coming to Sugarman Gallery is an experience. You get to come in and have fun. You get to see beautiful artwork. You get to take beautiful photos in front of fun, interactive photo ops and just live in art. I mentioned that we'll be speaking with two artists in this episode about the pieces they made for the Spooky Kids Club. The first artist is Jimmy Martinez, and he's an illustrator. He has two pieces in the show, and both are characters from Are You Afraid of the Dark, Zebo, and Nosferatu. They are both also acrylic on wood. Here's Jimmy. Well, I mean, I was a child in the 90s, and Are You Afraid of the Dark was a show that, when I was growing up, I had to get home to watch it, no matter what. I couldn't miss it. I don't care about anything else, but I had to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark. Those two episodes didn't feel like kid stuff. I think that clown is scarier than Pennywise. It's very hard to make a, a good, scary clown. It's all about the simplicity of the teeth, the glowing eyes and the big cheekbones. So there's something very primal and very and very deranged about it, which I really appreciate as a kid. Because I've seen a lot of like bad, scary clowns. I don't really do it. And here I am pushing my 40s, and I still remember that thing from 25 years ago in very explicit detail. And me, I also, and the Nosferatu one, again, they could have went the Bell Lugosi or the Count from uh, Sesame Street route, but instead they chose the most frightening vampire of all, so I really appreciated that. Just like with Zebo the Clown, to me, the simpler it is, the better. All right, like the simple, the more simple it is, it's like, if you look at Michael Myers, it's just that white mask, those dead eyes, and the darkness. In the later Michael Myers movies, there's too much Michael Myers, where they overcomplicate, they dirty the mask up. All right, Jason has too much stuff all over him, or Predator has too much stuff. So I think with Nosferatu, the very basic shapes the blackness, the, the, the head, the white contrast with the, with the black and the, and the angular claws, right? So I think that simplicity without getting too overly complicated and too many colors and other things makes it way more scarier. Your mind is just taking in the, the simple aspects without getting too convoluted and getting too wrapped up in too many weird details. That's why I consider it more, those two episodes felt more high art to me. You mentioned about your childhood and your parents kind of pushing a little bit of this. How do you think that has influenced your career and where you are as an artist? Well, at the time, I used to get so annoyed because I would want to watch, you know, like, like, like funny, silly, goofy kid shows. And uh, my father was very insistent that we watch like the classic horror or even something like like either a John Carpenter or something from the 30s and 40s. It doesn't matter. If it was good, we watched it. That was our Saturday night. But growing up, I'm like, oh, I'm glad I watched those things because, again, it peppers in a lot of what I do as an illustrator. So it's like, okay, now I have that as a reference. Now I know what, what terror is. I had a very good high school days. And I think I, I was a wanderer. I, I wasn't really a part of anybody. But I, I would try to be a part of my own. And I can only do that with what, what I drew. That was, that, that, that was my voice and that was what uh, made me connect with everybody. Because everybody could appreciate good art. Next up, Victor Acuna, who is the owner and co-founder of Unwrapped Art. We are really just fanatics of 
stop motion and horror. Victor created one of the showcase pieces for the gallery, which is a model of Monster House from the movie Monster House. It took about two and a half weeks of his full attention, and the entire thing is handmade. He wasn't quite sure if he wanted to do Monster House at first. We took a poll and we got a lot of positive feedback that, yes, this was something people wanted to see. So then we knew we kind of had to do this and and add it to the list. This movie was created in CGI. So creating a physical model was important to me. Okay, walk me through the process of taking something that was in CGI and turn it into a physical model for this art show. So I just made a rough paper model, and I think that really dictated the size. It was a tough timeline, really condensed. I went, grabbed the balsa wood, grabbed the basswood, grabbed all the materials I needed and just started cutting. Didn't make plans, so it was kind of a a live sculpture. Each piece is cut by hand, shaped, broken, and then just assembled like that. And it was just one by one, and every panel, every shingle, every splinter of wood on theirs. Yeah, it was very organic. I wanted to make a house, but then it needed to be the character. So trying to capture as much of the character of the house was my biggest challenge. But I know that paint can make or break a model. So when it was done in wood, I was really happy with the results. And then I thought, oh no, I still have to paint this. It was a little nerve wracking like trying to select the colors that kept it creepy and kept the tone of the film and not stray away from that too much. Talk to me a little bit about how you worked so much character into the model. I think the pieces that we create here, we try to capture a moment that tells as much story as possible. So to go beyond the realm of just a toy, we try to give it as much life as possible. So I tried to do the same thing with the house It's a house, and it's not really any, like, extravagantly designed house. It's rather a a simple house. So every piece of that structure has to have so much character. I was really trying to be mindful of that as I built it. I think the other artistic choice I made were the arms. In the film, I feel the arms are a lot stronger, and they are kind of bulky and heavy, for this piece, I wanted to make them look more like like hands and a little nimble, kind of like it's lifting up the house without really doing that. And we feel the weight of each branch as it's might be a finger or a hand. We, we added the kite too. I mean, the kite is like the little Easter egg for the fans. And, and it was a last minute thing. There's lighting in the house. And on the first floor, there's green lighting, like in the film. At that proximity, those lights blow out all kinds of color. I treated the wood as I would clay. And I just tried to to go from start to finish and kind of work as fast as I could to maintain the image I had in my head. Now that we've heard from some of the artists about their pieces, let's meet back up with Jeff. We're going to walk with him through the gallery and we'll hear about some of his favorite pieces and a little bit about the Easter eggs that are worked into the exhibit. One of my favorite pieces, I love this, the the Halloween or the monster cereals. We got the Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Boo Berry, which is like super iconic. Like this is the type of stuff that Spooky Kids Club is all about. Some people, it's the monsters, right? Like that's not so much my cup of tea, but some folks it totally is. Over this way, 
Are You Afraid of the Dark? We got the full throne, which I think is super awesome in front of the campfire, which that's totally like my Spooky Kids Club nostalgia. So I feel like we cover a bunch of different generations here in Spooky Kids Club, whether it's, you know, the old black and white shows or some of the newer stuff I grew up with in Nickelodeon and even newer, way newer than that Coraline, right? We got a whole room over here which is, we call it the black and white room because it's full of black and white stripes. Of course, I think when people think of black and white stripes, very often that Tim Burton, right, comes mm -hmm. to mind. So we've got a nice little Nightmare Before Christmas set up with a bunch of artwork. Oh, I love these pieces here of the Tim Burton dogs, essentially. We've got Zero from the Nightmare Before Christmas and Sparky. Oh, this piece here is super cool. I don't know if you noticed this, but we got Jack Skellington and Sally from the Nightmare Before Christmas sitting out in the backyard watching Halloween, which is kind of a theme here. You might've noticed a few times, a lot of the artists who have done work here before, they'll work Michael Myers into a lot of different pieces from different sorts of pop culture, just cause we're right next to the Michael Myers house, of course. This one, this piece is called Operation Creature. What was it? Bob Lizarraga did this piece. And it looks like the classic Operation game. We all know those bright yellows, bright reds. But instead of that human body, we've got the creature from the Black Lagoon's body instead. Inside, we've got a swamp frog in the throat, the fisherman's knot. Fun little kind of play on the classic game, but with a little spooky twist to it. Most of the stuff here is artwork, original artwork, but we've got actually some original props from stuff as well. Now the Ben Cooper Halloween masks, super classic, right? And we've got a nice little collection sent to us by Schiffer Estelle Cooper, who actually is, I believe, if I'm getting this right, the great niece of Ben Cooper. And these are from her private collection and it's been really fun talking with her and she obviously has more than this, but she, we selected these because we felt like they were the most classic Halloween. We've got like a Frankenstein's monster, a Dracula, a classic witch and werewolf. But one of the things that she was really insisting she was like make sure you display the boxes as well because the boxes are as iconic as the masks and this one up top especially the monster costume and mask box that has like illustrations of all the monsters is really cool and in this case as well we have some props and collectibles from the tv series are you afraid of the dark on loan on loan to us from dj McHale, the series co-creator one of the cool things is the treasure chest from the two episode arc of Are You Afraid of the Dark called The Tale of Cutter's Treasure. And if you come to check it out, take a look from underneath. It's on top of a glass container. So you can take a look from underneath and you will see the name Ian Keegan carved into the bottom of the treasure chest, which is actually a big story point in that episode, which is really cool. Oh, I love this. The original proposal for a show called Scary Tales, which was eventually renamed Are You Afraid of the Dark? And we kind of got like the character outline of the Midnight Society. And we even have the original claw, the twisted claw from the quote unquote first episode. There are several first episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But, but yeah, it's very cool collectible to, to have and very nice that he's loaning them to us. And of course you need photo ops, right? Everybody wants photo ops these days. So one of my favorites is, it's so simple, so stupid, but I just love this little guy we've got under his ghost bed sheet. But of course there's holes all over him, pale full of rocks because Charlie Brown, I got a rock, right? I love that. Speaking of Charlie Brown, we have a cool pumpkin patch photo op with, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, really fun candy corn little farm. Who doesn't love candy corn? I certainly do. And uh, set that up there for people to come and enjoy and play in the backyard. And in the backyard, this is where we have our big events and movie nights throughout all of Spooky Kids Club, 
every weekend there's something, most nights. And we're doing a lot of backyard screenings with a lot of special guests. And it's all gonna happen right here, which if you were standing here, you would see it's a nice size space. It's not like tiny, but it's not huge either. So if we're showing something you've never seen on a big screen, or if there's a special guest coming, that you'd really like to meet, like this is kind of the perfect place to do it. And I'm very excited about uh, quite a few of them. They're gonna be a lot of fun, so. Half the fun of visiting exhibits like this is connecting with other guests. Here are two guests and their thoughts on the show. I am that creepy cool kid. I do cosplay and I do uh, movies. I could see it being very nostalgic for people. It's very fun here too. It's very well decorated. Hello, my name is Ted Doherty. I am a huge fan of Halloween and traditional fun horror movies and family-friendly Halloween movies. And when my buddy Jeff DiPoli told me about this exhibit that he helped put together, I, I couldn't wait to come check it out. And so that is what drew me instantly to this wonderful place. Two memorable moments from tonight was seeing all of the cool references to the old McDonald's Happy Meal Halloween toys. Loved them so, so much. And then the whole backyard area was wonderful. So, decorated so beautifully with all of the fun Charlie Brown references. Those were the, my top two moments. What would you say to someone who has never been to Sugar Mint before? Well, for this specific gallery, if you are a Halloween fan of anything from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, if you like pop culture Halloween, this is the place for you. It's wonderful to know that there are people like me out there in the world that grew up with this wonderful Halloween kind of vibe that absolutely verifies that I was indeed and always will be a spooky kid. Well, that's all for this episode. I hope you enjoyed our little visit to the Spooky Kids Club exhibit at Sugar Mint Gallery. There's going to be a video version of our visit to the gallery where you get to see everything we talked about here in the show. Stay tuned for that. It'll be out in a few weeks. There's also all the links to the special events that Jeff mentioned are in the show notes page for this episode. We'll catch you back here tomorrow for our regular From the Archive Fridays and then on Monday for our news. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Support for this episode comes from Gantam Lighting and Controls. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com demo. We release a free weekly industry newsletter. Sign up on our website or at the link in our show notes. The Haunted Attraction Network team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Maximus Bryant. Our partner stations include A Scott in the Dark, Scare Track, The Scare Factor, and Haunt Topic Radio. Finally, please, please, please rate and subscribe to our show wherever you're listening. And until next time, Haunters, stay scary. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.